Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 27 of Justice League. And this minute's going to start out with Queen Hippolyta inquiring uh, the other Amazons um, if there are any changes to the mother box mm-hmm. uh, as it being a new day. I'm assuming it's a daily check-in. Type yeah, thing. you know, regional manager steps in. Any yeah, changes today? You got any inventory? Uh, you need a new shipment? Prompt at like 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Jeez. It's a, like working at a comic book shop, Nate. <laughs> they ask you those questions? No. Hey, anything change? No, absolutely. Anyone not. buy that Judge Dread book yet? Nope. No. Nope. nope. Anyway, the minute's going to end <laughs> with uh, a portal opening up on the mother box and all the Amazons being uh, kind of blown back from some sort of a blast. Yeah. Um, the, uh, pretty big, like, suspense minute here. Mm-hmm. But what I got out of it was just like, okay, I have time to, like, appreciate all the Amazons and how they look and how different each one of them looks. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of it just like me looking at the different tiaras that they all have or the mm-hmm. different helmets and stuff like that. They all, Like we talked about this like within the first week, but they all have like a variation of the concept of Wonder Woman's outfit so that, you know, seeing the Amazons, you're like, oh yeah, it's just like having a hundred Wonder Womans if they just weren't, you know, demigod Zeus child yeah powers so it's really cool to see that i I, i'm a huge fan of queen hippolyta's sword which has like these ram horns in them um i think it's really cool menelipe uh played by lisa lovin kongsley she is like the third sister to queen hippolyta and antiope and she was always supposed to be like this more like I don't want to say aggressive, but she was, um, they, when they described her outfit in Wonder Woman 2017, there was always like, she was the more like hot red, like hot rod type of outfit where she was more like kind of like the quicker one of Mm -hmm. the group. So her outfit is more red than the others. And it's supposed to be a little bit sportier. Um, also great character. I I really like Menelipa in, in, um, just like this whole universe really. Uh, I think she's a really cool character. And then there was one other Amazon I saw that she has this, and it's just a regular Amazon in the, uh, in the, in the stands in the, in the amphitheater. And she has like this kind of spiky helmet that kind of looks like Mira's helmet in the animated version of the Flashpoint movie that Wonder Woman wears. So if it's Wonder Woman wearing that helmet in the animated film, this almost looks like that exact helmet. Okay. And uh, I really like just that design. Um, one cool thing about the design of just how this minute starts is it starts with like Queen Hippolyta, Menelipa behind her, and then also um, Philippus standing to the right. And so there's that flashpoint helmet. Okay. Right there. With the, you with see the it, face yeah. parts that come yeah. out, the cheek protectors or whatever. Exactly. Um, and well, it also looks like, uh, the gladiator mask that that's what I was thinking yeah, of that, yeah. um, whatever that his name is MF doom also wears that mask. <laughs> um, but, uh, war rest in peace, rest in peace for sure. And then, but what was really cool about this opening, uh, shot right here 
is it looks like its own trinity, which would have been, you know, oh, yeah. Queen Hippolyta, Antiope, and Menelipe had, you know, Germans not ruined the the peace on Themyscira, but mm-hmm. um, now it seems like Queen Hippolyta has like, well, Philippus has to stand in for the late Antiope. And so having that kind of triangle formation is always like, oh yeah, there's there's their trinity. That's yeah. how they, that's their hierarchy their chain of command. And I really do enjoy that. I think it's a really cool shot. Um, should I keep going or do you have any notes? I don't want to talk uh, over no, you're you, fine, Nate. You're fine. I really do enjoy a lot of the uh, helmets. Um, yeah. Especially Mohawk Queen Apolita. Yeah. The Mohawk Queen Apolita and um, the Mohawk um, Menelipe is pretty cool. I remember we talked about a little bit about, um, the difference during Wonder Woman when they were on Themyscira, we saw like some of like the um, some outfits are more Romanesque than a Grecian. Yes, and it's yeah. definitely seen a lot more here. Um, the Mohawk helmet ones definitely kind of feel that way. Obviously, they have you know yeah, as if it's like a status it. symbol. Yeah, usually I believe it was, um, and also to like to see them on the battlefield as well who you're rallying to yeah um but some of these helmets that with like the fins that are coming up yeah yeah uh, those are really cool it's like um oh boy that whatever, whatever cool- that marvel character's name is that or um not marvel um omac looks like an omac helmet kind of that would be the cool thing if like if i you know if you know to, to cost amazon cosplayers if they were like oh yeah i get to design my own amazon cosplay mm-hmm. or like a create your own version it, it's like i enjoy that they have so many different pieces that they can custom make and personalize their own bit of armor yeah. they're not all dressed to same and it's not like the atlanteans the atlanteans are a little bit more like you guys are part of an armada. Mm-hmm. You guys are militarized. Y'all look the same. Uh, it's like stormtrooper mentality. Here, it's like the, each Amazon is different, yeah. and they are their own person. And how could you not be? You've been around for five thousand years, so uh, it's it just kind of. It, I don't know. I'm I'm jealous because I would be like, oh, I want to make my own suit of armor. It's really cool. <laughs> I mean, like the get my own shield. Like I can have the circle ones or the. U-shaped one so that my bow, I can knock the arrow like right there in between the shield. Like they all have different versions and it's like, it's so cool to see the different uh, iterations, the different variations of of them all. I like the different variations of the uh, the eagle or bird, like the whatever little, it is yeah, the e- on, the, yeah. on the chest plate. Um, that's really cool. Some are there, some are like, it's the omission of the eagle that's like its own cutout, yeah. like negative space. Um, I really think it's cool to like, look at those and and to see if there's movement on them as they're moving because obviously it's supposed to look metal yeah and it's supposed, but it's supposed um, and if to it's like, not that's really cool if it's yeah. just like a foam it's like hey you, you fooled me movie magic um but yeah like all the detail on most of the armor is just incredible um i wonder if the um I wonder if the different tiaras mean something, or if it is just straight up like, personalized, like rank, like lieutenant, or rank, or like, like you are part of a certain legion, like archer's line. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, after this, um, the the order to gather the legions is called out. So it's like, oh, there's a whole other group of Amazons yeah. that we don't know about. The freaking riders of Rohan that come down, like they probably have all different armor too. There was one thing from the 2017 Wonder Woman where they said that the horse rider 
ones, the Amazons who rode on horseback, they wore pants because you have to just for like protection, like yeah, with like being on horseback all the time. Like it's for your own protection that you're able to have your legs completely covered in, Mm -hmm. in like in some type of material to protect them. Um, one interesting thing here uh, in this beginning part where she does ask about any changes is she says um, it has not it has not made uh, it has not awakened before since the first age. And so that's our first big clue that like, hey, she's aware that back then that this was a thing kind of yeah. and I I'm not sure if that line is in the other version. I know she says like why did it wake at all? Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if she ever dropped that whole thing about like since the first age, like putting a name to what that what that event is. Mm. Um, because in that other version, it is just Wonder Woman saying, "Hey, Steppenwolf came here and tried to do this." Yeah, uh, I got a flashback. I got to give you the flashback for the exposition. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, "Hey, I lived through this, and it didn't do anything since then. So why is it doing it now?" Um, and then it's like when she says that, then it like it finally goes quiet, and it's like I, I just really enjoy that. The fact that she even brings up the name, the first age, definitely screams like you know, obviously Lord of the Rings in my yes. head, um, Age of Man and all that stuff. Um, but that kind of still sets in stone that like this is a continuing story, obviously, you know, and we do get the the flashback um, of the the Age of Heroes and. And when this thing did awaken, was on Earth, awoken. Um, so it just still kind of sets in that uh, this has been going on for such a long time. It, it gives us lore, is yes. what I was going to say. Yeah. That, which is, uh, that, yeah, absolutely. It's something I love. It just opens the door just for, opens the door for lore. Opens the door for lore. Hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> there's something that I found really important. Again, it's a it's one of those like deeper conversations that, I'll try not to to preach about, but uh, the thing about she says, "Why did it wake at all?" And then it goes quiet. And then Philippus says, "Is it going back to sleep?" And then Queen Hippolyta says, "Evil does not sleep; it waits." Um, she doesn't continue that thought in any other way. But I was thinking about it in the sense of, okay, I'm trying to personify evil. Now, what is evil waiting for? Literally, in the movie, we know that Superman died and awoken the mother boxes. And I'm trying to think about it, like, what does that represent? If she's speaking about evil in, like, a personified way, how do you personify what evil waits for? And then I'm trying to think, well, the death of good? The death of, like morals or or discipline yeah. like a way in a yeah. fall of yeah some sort like of waiting sense. for you to 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 uh, slip up for you to turn cruel yeah <laughs> there you go you know like to think about it that way is as you can take that and again apply that to your life and apply it to maybe what we've been talking about with the terrorists at the old bailey and wonder woman it's like you you know evil's waiting for you to give into it and for you to make bad choices. Mm-hmm. But you can keep evil at bay if you continue to do the right thing. And that's what the Age of Heroes was about. That's what Superman stood for. He was a beacon of hope. And when you took that away, evil no longer had to wait. Now it was in power. And then left unchecked, 
that evil comes in and it's never gone. It's just you deny it. Yeah. You must choose the right choices. And so there's something I really like about that because, again, it continues that thematic. The Justice League is there to to keep like justice there. Like it's there to to use justice to keep the world good. And and you have to as well. It's not just them, it's everyone. All in. <laughs> yeah, all in. Um one of my favorite things about this minute is um just the sound of that mother box, honestly. Oh yeah. And when it when it goes quiet at first, that like powering down noise yeah is We're just, so cool yeah um obviously the boom tube like teleportation is a great sound uh the effects of it how it's like, given that like hexagonal mm-hmm. shape coming off i think it's really cool um i think it's really cool to think of those shapes as like gateways because i do see that a lot in just more recent sci-fi sci-fi stuff yeah it's like that that pattern is like this is how you i don't know it's just this cool gateway pretty sure the avengers made their little time traveling thing all hexagonal and stuff yeah um but it's just a cool doorway setting uh but that mother box powering down that's a yeah i'm sure it has to be like uh and we said this like in the first week i think but the pinging of the mother boxes is very important just like comic book reference wise, like if you want to go like, oh, it's just like in the comic books, the way it pings, but also sound designs. Like the mother boxes are so important for the story that it's like the sound design, uh, the mother boxes are a character, if you will, yeah, kind of thing. And it's like if they are a character and not just a MacGuffin, then they need their own sound and, mm-hmm. and to be as iconic as possible so that you're like, that's that's the sound of the mother box. And this is what it does. This is what it acts like. And then surprisingly, at the end of the film, it says, oh, and this is what the mother boxes look like. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, damn, that's I didn't know that it was actually going to be a, a actual personified character. And it's mm-hmm. like, yep, it's the Sisters of Fate thing because we're still doing the whole uh, ancient history allegory stuff. So uh, it's it's stuff like that. I I love the sound effects and I do love how quiet it can get. I'm sure if you saw it in like an IMAX theater, it would just be like a deafening, like oh yeah, like just, just sensory, just a quiet place, out. yeah, like where it's just so quiet. Um, yeah, where is my one to one scale of this cracked mother box with a little LED light? With the LED light, just right? Like, yeah. come on, I thought I mean the really, two. make I, it plastic. It, I'll buy it. It looks like exactly what they do for um, what they did for the heat laser in Dawn of Justice, where when Batman took that giant laser to cut down the kryptonite, it was just a giant LED tube. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then the special effects... The new to, lightsabers and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman's lasso as well. It's just it's an LED strip. Is it really? It's yeah. an LED rope? Yeah, it's an LED rope. And then they... It, well, it is when it's when it's powered on. Yeah. Quote, unquote, powered on. But yeah, she works with an LED strip. And then in post, they make it look... They give it the uh, lightsaber effects treatment, mm-hmm. and that as well. That's like that's a mother box with an LED light in it. You know that some set designer is like, yeah, we're just gonna put light bulb in there. And they got it sitting in their house, and it just 
flickers and they got a control pad. And, oh, Good you want you. you want on strobe or do you want on pulse? Or mm-hmm. you, you know, what color you want it to be? You want it to be magenta? We can magenta mother box. Oh man, RGB mother box. <laughs> yeah. Where's mine? Where? Yeah, let me get one. <laughs> I want the. I really would. I would really like the uh, Atlantis one. I think that's just so cool. That sand dollar looking. Yeah, one. and it looks like something you would probably see in a, in a theme park and just be like, oh yeah, it's like a resin. Just yeah, casting right? and so simple to make. Someone's going to make it um, and mass produce it. But uh, yeah, it's just a really cool uh, thing to look at. And then that's when, when she says evil does not sleep, it wait, it, it waits. That's when the boom tube happens again. That boom tube sound, that's another thing. Just like the mother box pings, the, the, the boom tube does the boom sound. And uh, it like knocks them all back. Like <laughs> Like if Steppenwolf's not bad enough, like it, the mother box itself was also like, yeah, I'm I'm pure power. Yeah, and I'm in this room. You guys have been waiting five thousand years, and not even it's not even dark side, and it's it's just the mother box boom tube turning on, and all those years of of defending and waiting, and it was just like the simple turning on is they're not enough. ready for it. It's yeah, they're not ready for it. Is it's, it's simple enough to knock you back? It's incredible incredibly powerful moment and again it's just one of those like you didn't have to but because Zack Snyder just wants things to be really cool that it is just like that it's like yeah when it turns on it's gonna blow everyone back against the wall and it's like sometimes that's what you need sometimes you need a director to give like 200% so that it is 100% on on camera so that it just looks normal now mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot of people that are not doing that. A lot of people, when they're making comic comic book movies, they're thinking, oh, well, we got to make it grounded and realistic and not super high fantasy. And it's like, yeah, but then when you watch it on, you know, the second or third time, now you're just bored with it. Yeah. Because it's not that exciting. Yeah. But when you go balls to the wall, like crazy with it, then when we watch it, we're just like, wow, this is awesome. This is amazing. Every single time you watch it. Um, so it's, it's little things like that that just keeps it, keeps it entertaining. Um, but besides that, Nate, do you have anything else for this one? Yeah. My last note here, um, is going to be when the mother box does awaken and the portal opens up, um, everybody is kind of at their, uh, you know, ready position, um, unsheathed swords and everything. Um, Hippolyta has a backward sword fighting style. And I think she does it as well later on when she's taking the mother box out of the cage and she does the whole flip and everything. She's fighting with the backward sword, I think. I think. I can't remember, but she, let's keep an eye on it. She does do it. She's got I've never sword. noticed yeah, that. Massage Ventress style. I've always been taught, and maybe because it's Star Wars, but I was always taught that your backwards hilt holding is, uh, is not proper. I think it's just a different style. I think maybe it's just Jedi Council being a, a bunch of old people. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> they told Ahsoka that the, her reverse uh, grip on her lightsaber was like, oh, you got to break that habit. That's not proper. You can't be Is doing... that from the uh, the book in like the little writings? It's from... Uh, well, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's from Clone Wars. Right? I don't know. Now I don't know. There's so, there's so many things about Ahsoka, but um, I do remember that. And it, somehow they kept that in, and I... Don't know if that was Dave Filoni saying that, well, maybe she's not like the others. Maybe the Jedi yeah. Council is wrong on things, kind of. Hey, maybe uh, like a grander vision of it. But I do remember Anakin being like, you can't be holding it like that. And Anakin actually had a pretty, he was had a very proper um, 
uh, lightsaber stance. stance. Yeah. The only other one who was never really uh, formal like that was Mace Windu, but um, I think that was just Samuel Jackson trying to put some swag in, into being a <laughs> Jedi. But uh, Ahsoka Tano, yeah, was in. The, yeah, so I always took this idea of like, oh, well, if you hold a sword in reverse, um, that it's like a more non-formal stance and not as elegant. But here you have the queen holding it uh, reverse style. So I always thought reverse was um, more of a defensive position. Yeah. That's why like when I saw like Ahsoka doing it, she had, you know, one backwards and one forward. It's like, okay, that's your attack and your defense. Yeah. One like, attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always thought that was the case. And if that is true, then Queen Hippolyta being in a defensive position here, being the only one in a defensive position here is very fitting for the queen. There was another character in Star Wars that had a attack, defend, dual lightsaber stance, and I think her name was Sarah something. She was Syndralic's, uh Padawan in Episode Three. She, her, and Syndralic died from uh, Anakin Skywalker at the Jedi Temple. I don't know why I'm saying this on the DC podcast, but Syndralic from the Revenge of the Sith video game. But he was also in the movie as well when they watched the hollow vid of Anakin, like Obi-Wan and Yoda watched the the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because those two stunt doubles were also in the movie and Mm -hmm. then they also, they do, uh, Syndralic uh, is the stunt guy for those movies with the lightsaber fights. Um, I think along with Ray Park, at least in the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and then they were like, oh, you just want to be a Jedi real quick? And so that's why they did that. Very cool. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, hey, it's cool stuff here. Uh, and I'm glad that, I'm glad you pointed that out because I, I didn't even notice that, that she does that. Oh, yeah. And never, she's yeah. ready to just throw that thing. That is so cool. Yeah. Reverse. I, and I'm going to watch it now and see if like. She keeps the stance. She like uses that stance in any way that I've not noticed before, mm-hmm. even though I've seen this movie like eight times now. Yeah. So, um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap up here for today. So yeah, if man. you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can follow us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 28 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.